0: So part of connected recruiting and automation is ensuring that uh, everyone in your own company uses the system the same way because they know they get a benefit for entering the interview today rather than on the, at the end of the week on a Friday. There's a benefit to them because the reminders automatically go out rather than if, they, if you're just doing it to, to track commission or payments. It's a different scenario. And then connected recruiting helps us all to make sure all of our Customers are getting the same benefits and and at least looking in the low-hanging fruit and where they can adopt. But all that leads us to a world where whatever we can look across our massive customer base and understand what's happening at scale, then machine learning and AI becomes much more applicable because one database looks the same no matter who the recruiter is, or multiple customers use it the same way. So We will continue to see machine learning and AI evolve, and there will be more use cases where we can make inferences on your history, what's gonna happen in the future. We can, we're not gonna predict the future, but we'll be able to give you a better sense of what might be coming.
1: This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions. Our firm focuses on three areas of opportunity as it pertains to technology in our industry. First is expeditious acquisition of technology, helping you make quick decisions and good investments for the betterment of your organization. The second is business process change management and adoption, and then finally evangelization of your new differentiators of your digital transformation. Call Leap Consulting Solutions today.
2: This episode is brought to you by Kylo Partners. Kylo are your Bullhorn specialist and Bullhorn's first implementation partner. Our solutions have helped over 950 companies worldwide to streamline, automate, customize, and get more out of Bullhorn. Our products provide you with tremendous ROI, including Kylo Awesome Docs, the complete document management system right in Bullhorn, and the most powerful data management tool in the ecosystem, Kylo Data Tools. To learn more, visit kylopartners.com. What's up Lauren, how are you?
1: I'm amazing, how are you?
2: I am fantastic. I would like for you guys to know that Lauren has actually changed outfits in the 15 minutes between we last recorded an episode.
1: Change, I didn't change outfits, people. I had a little jacket on because it got cold in here that I went out into the warehouse where my husband is working on a... Mr. Jones. Nine, or Woo! Mr. Jones is working on a 9 Porsche 9-11. Um and uh and it's hot out there, it's hotter in blazes, it's like 109 here today. Let me just it's tell you. It's not that.
2: that hot in, in South Florida, so I appreciate okay. well, not being gross. and I also have air conditioning, which is affecting my life. I apparently be visited. Anyway, uh we're super excited. Uh this is actually really exciting for me because I've officially, besides for Kevin, officially interviewed everyone who's worked at Herefish with me. Uh now that we have Jason Heilman on the show. Jason, how are you, sir?
0: Hello, I'm great. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to say anything during this interlude. I have some comments on the outfits that we're allowed to wear, but uh, no. Yes.
1: We like dresses here, here. Jason. So next time, if you could come appropriately dressed. We definitely need a dress
0: (laughs) next time. (laughs) So get a collar, whatever. Get it done.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I usually don't. (laughs) I'm actually wearing long pants for the first time in like three months today, just because I'm really like putting them on. So, you know,
1: is that pink? Are you where we got pink going?
2: I, I don't know. Is it it's kind of like it's, a salmon? salmon? It's a salmon.
1: It's a, it's a salmon. salmon. I'm yeah. Salmon, but we like, so we like, like to throw
2: salmon, salmon out there. And, uh,
1: okay. I like it. it. I like but anyway,
2: it. I will thank you guys all for uh, judging my, uh, my, my polo shirt. So I appreciate you. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so now that Jason has been on the pod, we got the whole crew. I uh, was still having Melissa on, but I don't think she'll let me interview her and release it. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, man, super excited. Uh, guys, we're going to talk today about a lot of things uh, that Jason talks about. He is the SDP of talent, experience, and AI, which is his actual title. I just call him the v- SDP of something. And uh, yeah, Jason's uh, probably one of the best product leaders I've ever encountered, and I've worked at a few spots. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about AI and, and automation today. And so uh, I- I'm super excited. Lauren, would you like to, uh, to tell how everyone excited you are?
1: I am I am over the moon excited because I you know we this is a learn this is an educational podcast and so what we want to do is we want to equip our listeners with best practices and I think automation ML AI all of those are are um, we get a lot of feedback that those feel like overwhelming topics and so tactically like how how do you tackle these things so I'm excited to dive in give our listeners some tangible you know tangible pieces um uh you know things that they can check off to to get started or at least understand uh, you know what the purpose uh of of automation and and machine learning and and artificial intelligence what its role in all of this uh is going to be and maybe demystify it a little bit i think that that's that's a big one I think that there you know there are some really immediate wins that you can gain and so i'm excited I'm excited about that all
2: right so now jay you- tell us how excited you are or you can talk about
0: ai i am very excited (laughs) lauren you took the words out of my mouth to demystify this to anyone who thinks that it is unapproachable or scary or uh or that it's even important uh how about i start there um (laughs) so (laughs) i am looking forward to this conversation for sure so let's let's
2: just dive in right we wanted to talk about ai first um and maybe like let's just start there. Like, what's real? Or is there just a lot of I, around AI for the industry at the moment?
0: Yeah. So um let's just let's just say that AI and machine learning, we're gonna use those interchangeably. I don't think we need to go down to the definitions, but I think what yes. people think about is computers making inferences or looking at historic data and then making future decisions. So that's what we're talking about when we say AI or machine and learning. And that's machine learning and AI.
2: They're but, interchangeable. When you see AI, by the way, in the wild, most instances are machine learning. Just in general, if you see AI anywhere <laughs> written, they're not talking about all the other ways that AI actually works. It's usually right
0: now machine learning. So. It's So Yeah, it's generally machine learning. And if you've heard of NLP, that's the natural language processing. So that's like what makes chatbots able to interact and in, you to write some sort of free form text and it to translate that into something that a computer understands and can make decisions on. So usually it goes NLP to take some weird words and turn them into computer words that computers can use machine learning for. But again, that doesn't matter. The reality to your point about what's real and what isn't, if we're just saying kind of the blanket term of computers helping humans to make decisions, there's a wide spectrum, right? AI is absolutely a term that's leveraged by marketing within any organization to help buyers to get more excited about a solution. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is there are a couple of categories where machine learning and AI are, are actively working in our industry. The first and most important, I would say, is around search and match products. So mm-hmm. uh, that not only, I think it's a little bit nascent. I think there's a ways for us all to go but for the ability to have a job, pull out key components in that job and decide potential candidates that could be a good fit. Where I'd say it goes from real to a little bit more on the marketing side is to say that a machine will be able to replace a recruiter directly and make a better decision than they will. I've seen very limited evidence that that has happened. So we like to you think of it to. more like recommendations. Yes, Lord. I could see. Uh, often a small company needs to overstate that in order to get attention in the market. And, and I would I would argue that it is unnecessary. We don't need to replace recruiters. We should supplement them and make get kind of give them superpowers. Is like how do we like it? Yes, to we should amplify. enable
1: them, amplify, yeah. enable, empower all of those words, all of this technology is meant to like put their supercharger on their backpack and, and make them go faster.
0: That's it. Like That's it. what we want. And, and, uh, and, and, again, so search and match is a really good place what do recruiters do? They attempt to identify job opportunities for candidates when it all comes down to it. But the way that they do that is by building relationships, doing a lot of things that aren't black and white, like human job, Perfect match. It's just it's just not that simple. Um, so we do think that that helps them to spend more time building those relationships, as does automation, which is where I think we 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 should talk a bit about as well. Uh, but then just quickly, the other area where we've seen a lot of attention in the market is around chat and chatbots. Yep. And again, I I I personally believe that that is a bit overstated in terms of its importance as a single kind of standalone category. Um, at least where we've gone in our strategy is it is one of many channels that you might engage with a candidate or potentially even a prospective client. Um, and and there are ways to do that that are clear that it isn't a human. You're not trying to trick anyone, uh, but still help both sides to have a better experience. You're like, you- it's
1: all about experience. Yeah. And I think that it, um, it's that I'll use, uh, a term on, a on an early, on an earlier episode, that intentionality, um, yeah. intentionality with, uh, your bot, you know, it, uh, what, what are you trying to achieve here? And I think that a lot of agencies really try and sort of boil the ocean. When we think about what a bot is really, really here to do from a marketing perspective, it's conversion, period. You are trying to get something you didn't have three seconds ago. First name, last yeah. name, email address, phone number. Like, you know, any, that's really what it is. So I want agencies, when we're talking about bots specifically, uh, starts, have a V1. Think about it like you were developing an app, have your V1, keep it simple, watch what happens, look at your data, look at conversion, look at experience and fall off and understand that before you start layering in 4 million questions and um, uh, yeah, in no. in that whole experience.
2: Don't take your old web form that was too many questions and make your chat aye, bot aye. have too many questions as well. Yes. God.
1: Why? Like you Why don't need all that, that
2: to get it through the door. You just need a name and email and maybe a phone number and just go. Yes, Not yeah. even both. Maybe just one, either or. So.
1: Yeah, I feel like we have to just put it, push in a little bit of gratitude. Don't need you my know? social security
2: <laughs> number to, to figure out if I can work with
1: you. Gratitude. Be happy you got something you didn't have three seconds ago, right? And then move I mean, on. I had
2: a, I had yeah. to compliment Marion on their chat, or on their like video or their their call, uh um customer service thing. Like, right, they were trying to throw me through the automated one, and I, I just wanted to confirm if I had two rooms reserved or one, which is not something that you normally can do through like the the talking part of it. So I was like, hey, representative, and literally like right afterwards they were like, oh hey, we'll get you, you're on wait for a representative now, and I was like, oh, that was fantastic.
0: Like, that's what I want. And I I actually, I would suggest that that is an important part of the chatbot. It's to simplify the experience like Lauren, you just described for the candidate, Oregon, the client, whoever it is, to to kind of give you some key information to allow someone else to make a better decision. And Mm -hmm. both sides experience a streamline. Talking on the phone isn't always ideal when you're just telling someone your current position title. Like You don't want to wait to coordinate a phone call. But if it reaches the point where one of the parties would like to actually speak in person, you want to make that as easy as possible. So, yes. you know, like, so in the chap in bullhorn automation, for example, there's, there's always an option for someone to say, I want to talk to my recruiter and then it sends them a text message right away from their recruiter. Uh, or once they meet criteria, whatever it is, but I do think having the ability to engage with a human in the right context, you may not want that on your public website but you maybe do want it whenever you're communicating with your active consultants at any time, they should probably be able to hit a button and easily talk to someone live. Um, So being able to make that decision and roll it out to everyone, I I do think is important.
1: So let's dig into, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Uh, It's, it's simplification of the process. Look what, what we do I mean, if you look at what we do as an industry, we find great jobs for great people, period. And so, how do you remove all of the gobbledygook in the middle to just make that happen as quickly and as streamlined as possible? And that's what all automation. yeah, automation. So, which is perfect segue. Uh, I want to really dig into automation, you know, and, and maybe untangle that necklace a little bit, because I feel like there's this sense of whenever I engage with a customer and I've had a customer who had an automation tool for over a year because there was this fear of like breaking something, doing something wrong. Um, And uh, like What if I do it and I can't undo it? Uh, Like, it's like we're in an ER. Somebody's going to die. Nobody's going to die, guys. We got to try things. So, you know, where do we begin? Where, uh, I, I want to, I want to really help our listeners understand, you know, how to get started and, and, and really remove the fear from it.
0: Yeah. And and I think actually you said it yourself earlier, we were talking about chat earlier, but just forget the word chat. And call it automated email or automated text message, any kind of automation, uh, really the same rules that we, we just discussed apply. You're there to create a great experience for the candidate. You're there to make sure that your recruiter is supercharged. And the way to get there is to start small and to grow and not be afraid. Um, Lauren, I think you have some, some key automations that you generally recommend, but- Whatever they might be, you want to talk to your your easiest and most important audience first. And that's probably your active consultants. How how can you open up a conversation with them to make sure that you're more regularly engaging with them? And it doesn't have to be a 20-step automated process where you're updating information, checking in dates, um, confirming NPS. You could certainly do that, uh, but for those customers who are hesitant, by starting small you're dramatically further ahead than where you would be with doing nothing so i agree I, I that's the answer i would you like you your 4 hours uh, at this point i have the
1: 4 hour rule guys so uh start with your referrals um you know if, if you're looking to cast a net and birds of a feather flock together if you have an engaged database if you have an engaged um uh you know community or a population of professionals start with your referrals can't break anything there. Um, Redeployment, right? We're always trying to be better, faster, stronger when it comes to redeployment. Our industry, even with automation, we haven't moved the needle the way that I'd like to see us move the needle, the way that I know that we can if automation was applied appropriately for redeployment, right? If we're still in the mid thirties on redeployment, that means out of 10 times, we're only putting somebody to work more than once Three and a half times. Like that that's craziness. That you would go through all of that trouble, that you would have all of this technology, you would do all of that screening to put him to work one time. Ooh. Ouch. This is the
2: one time I won't yell at Lauren for banging on the desk because I think I that know. pounding on the desk on. was justified. It so yeah. was a justified desk pound. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. Re-engagement. And so I look at reactivation and re-engagement as two different behaviors because they, and the way that I discern them is the the duration of time that they've been away from the brand. So, you know, re-engagement is if somebody's been, a, been away six months or less. Um, and we, you know, we know them, we have updated paperwork, but once you get that, you know, six months or a year, whatever perimeter you want to set on it, um, you know, getting them to come back to the brand, the level of difficulty can increase the longer that they've been away. So if you want a reactivation campaign, uh, um, a re-engagement campaign to just bring them back and hey, remember us, we found you a job and then you went away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so if you start with the four R's, um, it, it it can maybe remove a little bit of the, I don't know where to begin.
2: Well, I think, well, Jay, I'll let you jump in in a second here, but uh, I mean, it's connected recruiting, right? Like you just described connected recruiting uh, pretty pretty well, or at least parts of it. So I know that's what Bullhorn is, is really kind of focused on. And as a, in the personal journey, you've been preaching this for, I don't know, since 2016. Ah, uh, that's, that's right.
0: Yeah. I mean, really the idea, connected recruiting is a concept to just make it people less fearful and to learn from what we've learned over the number of years as, as Bullhorn, as Herefish, as all of our customers have adopted this. There's no reason for everybody today to recreate the wheel, the things that, that we've all already seen. So, so that's the, that's the great thing about, where we're at today versus where we were five or however many years ago is yeah, you don't like, need to invent anything new to massively impact your business. There's clear blueprints, there's best practices, there's standards for ways to implement this that have worked time and time again for literally thousands of agencies now. That is, yeah. The only there
2: thing are- you're changing
0: is the branding and maybe the word choice. That's right. And and there's absolutely ways to make it unique to your business for, you know, the how, how quickly people are coming off of an assignment for uh or obviously to your word choice point the way that you communicate with people. But looking at a framework and then being able to modify it to fit your specific business. And that's why that's why it does take someone within the organization to really champion this. So, it's not that is one of the things about this type of technology. You you can't just buy the technology, push the on button and expect your business to change. You, you, you do need to make sure that you're creating the experience that you want your firm to represent. Um, and that's why it's so important, I think, to have a stakeholder who is very interested in seeing this take off, uh, and, and can dedicate some time to it. It, it, depending on the size of the company, it, it could certainly not be a full-time job, or it could literally. We've got some of our customers have teams of people who are who are regularly modifying, building, updating automations, and to be frank, those teams of people just enhance the broader company's productivity dramatically. So even if it is four or five people, they make the rest of the four or five hundred people operate like a yeah. thousand people. Right. That that's kind of the goal. I, I always kind associated associate
2: that like to like your you know where you usually fit in an organization, right? Jason is like, you're a product guy. So your job is to optimize the product. In this case, the product is how you communicate and interact with candidates or clients. And if you are running automation, which has communications externally and maybe talking on behalf of a recruiter or a salesperson, you're technically like the product person. You're the translator. Of how What a human does or what would recommend and strategy would translate into to how the technology operates. So I always kind of like call that person you know, I, I always call you like the great translator as a joke, but there's a value to being able to translate the human to how it executes an
0: automation or the you know what the what the customer wants to a product. Yeah, in the way to kind of to build that cross functional team. I mean, there's certainly some organizations it literally does have one person who who focuses on just that. But what we more often see is someone in delivery or operations or IT kind of a Identify the solution as a perspective solve to a problem. And then the operations and or IT people uh, look at how the business has their their database set up or their applicant tracking system set up and decide what touch points they think they can optimize. And then marketing comes in to help with the messaging. So it I hope that doesn't sound overcomplicated. It's usually like two or three people talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's,
2: hey, But like those, those people love... do a bunch of different things.
1: I love that you are bringing this up because, well, I wrote an ebook on it, right? So, re, it, it, it was in regards to change management. But you have mm-hmm. to have IT, biz ops, and marketing work, working in harmony to achieve a good digital transformation. The same goes to say for automations. Those those organizations those three departments need to be working in harmony because. I've seen this before too with, uh, customers that I've consulted with where, you know, marketing isn't brought in to massage the messaging. And then we have messaging or automations going out that are incongruent with like the culture, the nomenclature, the way that the brand talks. And then there's just ineffectiveness, uh, to those automations. So ensuring that you have the right people, you know, not, um, uh, you know when are we where are we going to execute it in the workflow that's your you know business operations um, and then how are we going to message it that's marketing and then you know IT can come in to make sure we're crossing you know crossing our proverbial T's and darting our proverbial eyes um, and, and and I think if those three departments are working in harmony you have this holistic really sticky message that that goes out to and 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 achieves what we're we're, look, we're looking for ROI we're yes. looking to understand you know, how automations are impacting the business in a positive way. And I don't think you can do that when you're doing it all siloed.
0: That's right. And, and I think getting the buy-in from the field is also very important. So oh. having delivery as a core part of working on building these out, getting ideas. I, I love, it's my favorite thing whenever our customers tell us that they do surveys out to their employees, their, their full-time employees, their recruiters to say, hey, what can we help you with? How can this tool make you more productive? And, and getting their input into the life cycle of how you interact with the talent is so powerful. And no matter what, they need to know what's happening. Because the, the last thing you want is for a candidate to to call someone and say, hey, it's great to hear from you. You know, great they send, send me the email the other day and then to not have any idea that these types of things are going on. So-
1: yeah. I, mean, I love that you're looking for the what's missing. We we talked about it earlier, um, but it's not just about what you're executing on, but what's potentially missing. And those surveys are can be a really meaningful part of understanding. You know, where do you go next? Right? Yeah. Surveys yeah. can tell you that. And I will say to our to our listeners, one of my favorite resources that I still use to this day for customers that are asking me where to start. Uh, Herefish. dot forward slash automations. I still use that blueprint guide to this day to go. Oh, oh well, if we go in this category because it's all categorized so lovely for you, um, and they're written out so well and it's very visually appealing. So and that's that's one. Still to this day, I use that well, resource I mean, regularly.
2: Twenty five things every recruitment firm should on Me, it's that. Uh,
1: yes, and it doesn't. That, that's not
2: that many things, right? Like you could have a playbook of it nine. Uh, you can have a playbook of nine hundred, which is fantastic. But it's nice when you can start with fifteen to twenty-five.
1: That's Cause. a good question. When, when, when do you say when, Jason? Mister <laughs> Automation, when do you? When is it? Because you know I, we're in staffing, and staffing loves too much of a good thing. I think Lauren's trying to ask us
2: who's broken here, Fisher, full Horn automation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's
1: broken? Who's broken your toys?
0: <laughs> There's uh. No, I, I, Well, I guess some people have gotten close, but where they break it isn't with the technology. It's, again, it goes back to the experience. So Mm -hmm. where when it's too much is when you're communicating with people more than they want to hear from you, right? You're spamming people or whatever nicer version of that we want to call it.
1: Nope. There's no other word for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then the other thing is sometimes we've seen people uh, kind of build it to be not manageable by going too granular rather than automations, right? So rather than creating one automation that goes out on behalf of each, this happens more on the sales side for whatever reason, uh, that goes out on behalf of each sales rep. We've got customers sometimes that have created separate automation paths for every single sales rep in the organization. And then if they want to change something, they have to go change it in multiple places. And it's not done through like branching. So so the other, th- the other way to it- if you build it to a point where your internal resources can no longer effectively manage change, because you're going to change these things over time, and if you've got so many that nobody can even tell what's happening, that's absolutely a problem as well. We've done some things to try to make it so people can visualize it, categorize it, but that's like anything else. If you if you've just got too much, that's whenever it can become a problem. Too much of it. Like- Let's
1: dive into that. There is such a thing to my staffing lovers. There is such a thing as too much of a good thing. But let's dive into that a little bit uh, more, and that's the changing over time. So, you know, I've, I, I've talked about this as it pertains to train, train uh, training, right? It's not a one and done type of thing. And uh, we talked, I talked about it on a, another chat um, earlier today, where, you know, this is an ever evolving human. Human capital, unpredictable in nature, right? Mm-hmm. And we have, it's very funny to me that we have these technology roadmaps and financial roadmaps, and but there's no training roadmaps, content roadmaps, automation road. I mean, like we should, for each primary category, you know, where we're influencing the business or we're looking for ROI, we should have a roadmap of continually evaluating that to yeah. clean it up. and 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 I mean, what are you seeing as far as best practice there?
0: The nice thing is, you know, I've said this many times, we didn't, you know, this isn't a new concept automation or, you know, formerly marketing automation, or I shouldn't say formerly in in other industries. What we're doing is called marketing automation. So this has been been happening, like we did that tools like Marketo, Pardot, HubSpot that have been applying these concepts to businesses outside of staffing for years. Um, And that's really kind of where we came into. It's like, well... Obviously, this is going to work better for staffing than any other industry. So, the nice thing is creating well, yeah. well, you have two sides of every deal. So, you'd that's need- right. Yeah. It's a very complex industry. And, you know, it, it to, to speak in marketing terms, you know, that the relative value of each new lead is lower than the route. You know, so each candidate that applies isn't worth as much as each new lead that comes into your website to buy a widget, right? Because, Because you only Convert a very small percentage of the candidates. Maybe you hire one to 2%, maybe 3% if you're doing a great job of the people that you identify. How do you make all the rest of them have a great experience and have the ability to have really good interactions with everybody without an individual person doing it? But, but I think Lord, to, to your question, you know, creating content calendars and planning out how you're going to, to. Build the content that you're going to communicate with the audience is, it is a known thing that that most industries do. You you plan out how you're going to communicate over time. Like our marketing department already knows what newsletter everybody's going to be getting in February of next year, what some of the key topics are. Obviously that'll change with the market, but we've got things slated and and a staffing firm should be doing the same. Uh, And then also just refinement, just like anything else in business, your first attempt at something is not perfect. And you may have a little bit of diminishing return, but the more that you're tweaking and evaluating and testing, the more likely you are to find that next big lever for scale and success in the business. So I don't know if that exactly answers it, but that does. No, it totally, really it now.
1: does. A-B-E, always be evaluating. There yeah, you go. La-
0: Laura and I created a content
2: calendar and I think we've not followed it
1: at all. The not, not even in the slightest. Well, but no, the, the
2: I we are creating the content that we said we would. It's just not and, happening in, it's any just not in the yeah, order. but I order. think that, that,
1: that that's a really good point, though. Cool. Is yeah. that you you know create the menu? We don't have to do the courses in order, yeah. uh, but I think that's the first step. Is what do you want to say? What do you want to automate? And I I know that's the hardest place to start, you know. And that's why we've got the four R's, right, to to help hey. with that. I don't even know where to begin, um, because it doesn't have to be so scary, and you aren't going to break anything. And this constant exercise of reevaluating the ROI. Um, and I, I think that leads me to my next question is, um, one of the things that I've heard about automation is the ROI feels intangible. Yeah. Like, how do I know that I'm making a difference? And um, where we do you go? Know? only that in
2: 2019 too, I know. Jason, I, know. I remember how many calls, Yeah, you know, I would, I would probably, I, I recorded the Jason directly for a while, uh, and I would probably be like, hey, they asked about hard ROI and soft ROI and like, how did we communicate that? Um, and we, we did have like the ROI calculator, which I should go on and, and share a did screenshot it. of all the funny things we had. But it,
0: <laughs> it's uh, it, there are paths for sure. I mean, it, the, the key thing is baselining, right? So know where you are whenever you start to do a given item and then right. see a metric that you're attempting to change and where it changes over time. It is actually not that challenging for one agency to be able to determine their ROI on one automation. I I will be frank. We've struggled to say, you're buying. We know that you're a customer. And for us to be able to predict how that's going to impact your individual business has been a challenge. But if some of your goals are, I want to increase my redeployment rate, I want to hire more people out of my database that already exist there today rather than starting new. I want to increase referrals and I want to increase the placements per recruiter per month. Right. So those are four very good metrics that are generally very trackable for any given company, but you may not choose that any of those four are the key metric you need to improve. Uh, Those are pretty common ones, but um, it's really choosing a metric, ensuring that you've got the reporting to baseline on it today and then evaluating it in a given time frame, and then seeing how you can continue to improve it over time. And we have so, reports on a lot of the common ones, like, uh, percent of the database that's been engaged, uh, redeployment rate, uh, even net promoter score, right, that, that's, a, that's an important one too, right? Because that, yeah. that's one of those soft things too. It's like having a high net promoter score likely increases your redeployment rate, likely increases your referral rate, but it's hard to directly tie back to we have a we take a bunch of time to talk to our candidates and make sure that they're really happy. H- how do you directly tie the coffee that you bought them uh, or the lunch that you went out with them on to to make sure that they're happy? Is it, so some of it is a little bit soft like that, but ultimately those are still the markers that you can look at and look at how they change over time.
1: Well, I think you you said it best. Understanding where you started. Um, and data. I think that's that's yeah, data, data, data. Like, this is a day to day. We've been yeah, talking really, about really data all day today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but therein lies another, you know, point of overwhelmment within the industry: is what do we do with big data? Right now, we're telling you. Have a starting point. Understand what your redeployment rate is today. Understand what your uh, how many candidates are coming in via referral today. Yeah, I, I, you know, understand how long people are away from the brand when they boomerang back or or what have you. If you have that baseline, you'll know when you're moving the needle. Uh, but if you're if you're not looking at your data, it becomes it does become one of those intangible things where we can't come back and 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 be able to show you ROI. Right? I-
2: I, I thought it was interesting for you to say, hey, now as a company, we've been struggling to, to tell you ahead of time, we're we'll being able to predict how successful you're going to be. And then that, to the, in my mind, I'm like, well, that's because as much as you can lead a horse to water, as trade as that saying is, you can tell them the four R's, but are they going to do it? Or are they going to like ba- bastardize it so much that it really isn't actually doing what one of the R's defines you to do? And therefore, you know, as Bullhorn, you're like, well, hey, if you're a hundred users, we can tell you this. If you turn these on, this is what we've seen, but we can't promise you because God knows what you're going to do once we give you access to it and turn you up. Yeah.
0: That's right. And if, if we have, and again, that, that's where we do think it's part of where we can help to add value by sharing our best practices and what we've learned. And that that's why, that's, that's again, that's what this connected recruiting exists to do is to help our customers to, 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 to kind of force them to drink, I guess. Right. Like yeah. No, exactly. yeah. You water <laughs> I think it You must drink. you all this
2: money. You're, you're taking all this time. You have this great opportunity and you see all these stories of success. Now you have this opportunity to not recreate the wheel, but take advantage of all the things that came before you. Right. Like it's the, the great, like standing on the shoulders of giants moment. Just do what we say yes. or try it at least. <laughs> Or just, just try, try it. it. Just try it for a little just bit. Try it. And just nice just
0: thing, try it. The nice <laughs> thing is the what we say. The, the, there, there is a great community. It's not just full connected recruiting. It's also Lauren has, they're for ours. Rob, you you've got your ability to help people use based on your experience. We've got many different partners at Kylo and Six Cell uh, and Tonic and and all and, and Barkley Jones. We've got all over the world. We've got people who have been helping customers to implement. And continue to get more. So there's really no need to go it on your own either. Yeah,
1: I agree. But They're I do models. have
0: one stat. So with all that said, we did go look that that we talked Ooh. about this at engage. So we just we talked, Lauren. You talked about re-engagement. Um, our customers that use automation have almost twice as many interactions with their with their database than our customers that don't use automation. That's and true. Similarly, that that placements per recruiter. Uh, those customers who use automation have 30% higher placements per recruiter than the ones that don't so we so we do have that data big am, agri- am, ampli- amplification
1: amplification yes i mean in a world where branding matters you know branding is everything um being able to i think automation enables you to create that stickiness the reminder that you um i did um uh, an old I did a, a study in my backyard when I ran um, when I ran a region and I lost out um, and this is me this was me you know getting a baseline of data. Uh, I lost out on an average of 31 days of revenue. Um, 30, 31 days of revenue because associates were quitting because they you know that 60 day mark came and they got nervous. and so what did they do? They went to another agency instead of coming to their recruiter and saying, hey, I'm getting nervous. What are we going to do once my assignment ends? There's that whole, you know, sort or career forward um, type of thing. This gives you the ability to create that state, that reminder because there are 60 trillion push notifications at any given moment going on in the U.S. That's terrifying. There's a lot of information coming at your consumers, which are our candidates and our job seekers and our clients. We have to be mindful to remind them to come back to the the brand. So I think that there's there's so much stickiness that can be created from that.
2: I have two questions. Number one, Lauren, do you have your notifications off for TikTok? I hope.
1: Yeah. I, oh, I don't go. have notifications off for TikTok. No, I off. do watch a copious okay. amount of TikTok, but no but
2: like do you get the push notifications from TikTok? No. Not it. It. Does the, anybody else have I turn off every notification except for text on my phone.
1: The um, only time I'm I get not... notified
2: about anything is from a text message.
1: So text I have on. Live 360 okay. on because I have okay. children. Okay. Uh, so my Live 360 push notifications are always on. My LinkedIn is always on, <sighs> and then like, my text messages. Now that
2: LinkedIn has got a ruin your day. That oh, I mean,
1: turn that it's... off, girl. I know that it's turning my livelihood though. So I know, you know but still, it? like
2: uh, <laughs> that, knowing uh, knowing a big having been on a call with you at least once a week for the last two years, that sounds like something you need to turn off. Anyway, well given right, that we, I
1: get 200 in-mails I'm a day, it's getting overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, I can I get don't that. A lot.
2: Anyway, uh so all right, let's get let's get some some quick takeaways too. Or or Lauren, would you like to do a recap. We've been on a recap take today.
1: I know, I have been. Well, look, I, first of all, you did demystify AI ML, you oh, know, fantastic. using them interchangeably and and sort of demystifying what is the the real AI, what is the real machine learning, and and also the misnomer that at some point we're going to replace our recruiters. We're not. What we're trying to do is superpower them, mm-hmm. uh, and enable them uh, to create stickiness, and that you know we want them to be the Pied Piper. How how do you? How do you, you know, enable them in in a really cool way? Automation can do that, uh, and and which leads us into automation and and the, starting with the four R's and and um and then also I think uh, there's a big misnomer out there that automation is just for the big guys.
2: Mm. No. There's a
1: huge misnomer out there that, that well, you yeah. know, we're not a big firm, so we don't need it. And I think to myself, you have any idea how, how you could scale, how you could create that loyalty from the beginning? I mean, if I, if I was opening a firm, right, mm-hmm. there are a couple of things that I would want right out of the gate to create just this brand stickiness um, that, that I would desire. Well, as an you AG can designer. create
2: positive habits that scale. Yeah. And you do, do the follow you do some things that don't scale, but we always talk about this, like things that, things that you can automate to scale, like the follow-up with your candidates that you placed as, you, as a solo practitioner of a staffing firm, it sounds a lot better when it's coming from an, on, like what it's being done automatically for you.
1: That's right. Well, and then you also gave us data, right? Yeah. Finding, having a starting point for data, and then where do we want to go? And then intentionality. Intentionality with your um, automations is fundamental, not only in, you know, honoring your brand, um, but working in partnership with your Respective departments like marketing and biz ops to to have that uh, message be cohesive and 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 culture centric and all of those things I think is paramount. Definitely, there, I, I recapped. I yeah, think that's a good recap. I like. And all
0: right, I could. Rob, I'll bring it back home to the beginning, and I'll. If anybody made it this long, I'll uh, I'll tell our next grand plan about how all these things tie together. Oh, cool. So, part of the reason why we can't always do as much with machine learning and AI as we want is because staffing firms and all organizations don't always rely and track enough information in the database or do it in a standard way. Bill does it different than Stephanie and everybody tracks everything differently. Every company does something different in staffing. It doesn't matter. and And that's in one company. And then staffing firm A does it differently than staffing firm B. So one of the goals, the longer term goals, is we do understand that we will be able to add more and more value to companies, whether it's in forecasting, being predictive, once we have a better feel for what they're doing today. So part of connected recruiting and automation is ensuring that uh, everyone in your own company uses the system the same way because they know they get a benefit for entering the interview today rather than on the, at the end of the week on a Friday. There's a benefit to them because that reminders automatically go out rather than if they if you're just doing it to to track commission or payments it's a different scenario and then connected recruiting helps us all to make sure all of our customers are getting the same benefits and and at least looking in the low hanging fruit and where they can adopt but all that leads us to a world where whatever we can look across our massive customer base and understand what's happening at scale Then machine learning and AI becomes much more applicable because one database looks the same no matter who the recruiter is or multiple customers use it the same way. So we will continue to see machine learning and AI evolve, and there will be more use cases where we can make inferences on your history, what's going to happen in the future. We're not going to predict the future, but we'll be able to give you a better sense of what might be coming. And this is one of the steps that will lead us there. So oh, machine that. learning is what it is today. And there are some absolute important use cases, but there will continue to grow and be born more, more. Well, I think you're saying something, you're saying data quality. What data you quality, yeah. Yep. And we talk
1: about that all the time. Dirty data, garbage in, garbage out.
2: And I, I, you know, I've been saying a lot of this across a couple of months is automation and analytics rely on one thing, good data. So if you want to get better at Measuring and, and looking at data and then using data to be intentional, like we've been saying, Lauren, it's going to give you, like, if you do it for the, the reporting, there's something that I fit from the side of automation. If you do it for automation, your reporting is still going to get better. Like, Bullhorn Analytics, Cube 19 Born Automation, yeah, you know, Purefish, both rely on the fact that your team is continuously trained, Lauren, for you, on how to use your system correctly and all of the things that your system is doing for you if you use it correctly, which is going to drive... To your point, like low hanging fruit
0: adoption, yeah. uh, from your yeah. you know end users or your users in general, we could do it with a carrot instead of a stick. Like it's not yeah. you're going to get in trouble if you don't log your interview. You don't get paid. You're automatically going to get a follow up yeah. for you. Like it, it, it makes yeah. things better for everyone, and that that all leads us all to a better place in the future.
2: All right. Well, we got we so and you said it's
1: called one, automation utopia.
2: That's yes. it. All right, you said low-hanging fruit. So we gotta ask the Oracle of, of St. Louis, at least from the product world. Uh what, what's some low-hanging tech investments that people can make before we uh we let people go here?
0: Uh well, I mean, I think there's an assumption of automation. Well, we figured yes, that was really, a given. Yes, that, thank they, you. Thank you for uh, saying to the elephant man, in the room. Your other point is absolutely accurate around analytics. Yep. And then I think the next big shift, we didn't talk a lot about it today, but is really around self-service. Like we talked a little, we touched on it with chat where, where end users talent can go in and update. Uh, but that's the other area where, again, if we look back in 2015 and we looked at the staffing industry, there wasn't much automation there. But if we look at other industries, there was a lot of automation, whether we knew it or not. And mm-hmm. it seems very obvious now that this is ripe for, for our industry I think we're in a similar state today where our candidates and talent expect to do more self-service like they do on their consumer devices and the companies that they interact with. And if you look around, there's self-service everywhere. Like every pizza company has a tracker now. It's not just Domino's anymore. Every bank can log in and do whatever you want, right? So uh, I think that is the next. I don't know if that's low-hanging fruit quite yet because you do kind of need to have a good baseline of standardizing your business on a platform and, and automation is a key part of that. Uh, but that should definitely be where people are working toward would be would be my suggestion.
2: No, yeah. I, think, I think that's, by the way, we were like, Look joking about Siri and Alexa. And I think Siri and Alexa get a little bit more into that self-service model where they can take a lot of the steps themselves. Um, yeah, you know, even maybe through Siri or Alexa. So Absolutely.
1: All right. So we always ask, um a book gonna follow so we didn't prep you either we didn't prep you (laughs) um because we like to ask off the cuff right um uh, a book that you would recommend to our listeners and a person they should follow
0: oh uh, what time frame should the book have been written? And we got to do something new. Do we need to expose someone to something if new? You
1: want if you want Anne of Green Gables, uh, uh, wh- whatever it can you want to now, now,
2: now I'm curious, what you're gonna recommend?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So I didn't. No, war I'm, and look,
1: Peace. Our, our listeners are. Yeah, already.
0: it's definitely not War and Peace. Uh, let's think here. I don't. You know what? I tell you, I don't really follow a lot of people on social media. So I'm just gonna give you. Do you have that a newsletter letter you like? What's
2: you, that? you sent me that newsletter the other day that you liked
0: very good idea oh, yeah. well what? that's always nice it's uh it's called t-boy it talks it's like technology uh, no, it's... Yeah. Ooh,
1: i don't know of that you're gonna talk it's about nick and snacks
2: jack daily snacks daily oh yeah no but you sent me another one the other day uh that you liked, like uh the optimist got oh
0: it. i don't know that one if it's not that one there was another one i'm not even gonna say because they they're not fun anymore i don't like it anymore <laughs>
2: Well, so <laughs>
1: we so, only like fun people here. So, so, <laughs> so T-Boy
2: used to be Robin Hood Snacks Daily, which is uh, which is now called the T-Boy pod. And, and, and it's still Snacks Daily newsletter. But uh, they're, oh, okay. that's I right. they're, they're right. a good I follow. They're good. Business I never mates. knew
1: it was T-Boy. I always. Yeah, they I changed the name snacked.
2: of the podcast recently because they divested themselves from Robin Hood. That's right. That's right. And I don't like their name either. But hey, that's whatever. That's their name. I don't either. And they, they, I mean, they say it. They've said it every episode.
0: Yeah. Since forever. So whatever. And then, you know, I guess I'd say in the last maybe couple of years, I really like the book Loon Shots. It's called Loon Shots. I think it's written by a formal, former Google engineer. And although it's called Loon Shots, you know, thinking, you know, take big, bold bets, whatever, that might be what you're thinking. I think what it really teaches is how to be innovative within a larger organization that maybe you don't control all the decisions for. Mm. So that's a great. I think that's a good way for people who are implementing kind of what we talked about today to think about how they can actually create massive change within even a large organization. Lauren Lauren
2: already bought the book. So
1: yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I am a bit of a nerd, um, as you can see, Lauren, Uh, that would be a
2: great gift for uh, whoever you're coordinating with when you do digital transformation projects. Yeah. I I like that
1: one. I like that one. Okay. All right. I love it. Okay. All
2: right, Jason, we greatly appreciate the, uh, they, you're, you're the, I think you have the best and clearest way of explaining things. This is the easiest way for oh. me to say it. Oh. Well, Damn. and
1: I do love, we've given you a different title. Uh, although yeah. your bullhorn job title is long and complex, you are just <laughs> the automation oracle to the, us. Yeah,
0: the oracle of St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> I get glad to accept. I appreciate you guys coming on. I enjoy listening to all of yours and I appreciate Giving all this insight to the staffing world, keeping it fun and light. So thanks. Well appreciate
1: it. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you.
2: So signing off, this is Rob.
1: And I'm Lauren.
2: Now go do something good.
1: Thanks, guys.